Today on Let Me Be Frank, His Excellency is joined by Kerry Doherty, the Executive Director of Malta House, and Michael O'Rourke, the founder of Malta House. Malta House is an important center for women here in Fairfield County. This is a home for expectant and new mothers. It's a safe and loving, loving place for moms to live and work and learn and be ready to head out and take care of themselves and their babies. Such a great place. So keep your radio on 1350 AM and 103.9 FM to hear this excellent conversation or listen on your phone with the Veritas mobile app. The app is at the Apple App Store, the Google Play Store, or at veritascatholic.com. And let me be frank, as always, is brought to you by a grant from Foundations in Faith. Pastors and ministry leaders in the Diocese of Bridgeport are invited to apply for program support grants with the St. John Paul II Fund for Religious Education and Faith Formation. With a focus on youth engagement and innovative approaches, the JP2 Fund has funded diverse programs typically running from September to June. And pastors and ministry leaders here in the diocese can apply for up to $10,000 in support of religious education and faith formation programs. The application window is open now until Friday, March 31st. To apply, go online to foundationsinfaith.org. Okay, welcome back to Let Me Be Frank on the Veritas Catholic Network. I'm Steve Lee, and it is my great pleasure, as always, to introduce Bishop Frank Caggiano. Steve, it's good to be with you, my friend. Yeah, Excellency. Well, for me, every week, it's good to be with you. So, Yeah, and today we make history. We have two guests, not just one. <laughs> it's a first. It's the first time. It's the first yes. time. <laughs> you know, and so what, I, what I'm really excited about for today is that our diocese, we have so many uh, important and excellent apostolates here, and mm-hmm. whenever I talk to folks... Malta House is always one of the very first ones that I mention when I'm talking about the great things that are happening here. So let me go ahead and introduce our guests um, so we can get into it because our listeners are going to love this. Uh, we have here, uh, first we have Carrie Doherty. Carrie is the executive director of Malta House, where she's been for six years. Carrie brought many years of nonprofit experience with her to the role, including time that she spent with uh, Recovery Network of Programs, which is a behavioral health care agency in Bridgeport, and Her Haven, a nonprofit that designs trauma-informed spaces of healing and hope for women and families in need. Before venturing into the nonprofit sector, Carrie worked as an interior designer, an account executive for an international Fortune 500 company, and as a teacher of Japanese and high school English. We also have... Wow. <laughs> It's in- Japanese. Oh, that, oh, this is quite interesting. <laughs> Isn't that a great resume? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, we also have uh, with us Michael O'Rourke, who I don't have a formal bio for, but I've known Michael since I was, I think, a kid. Um, and I think everybody knows who Michael is, but let me introduce him anyway. Longtime Knight uh, of Malta, financial guru, and the founder of Malta House. And that founding is actually a pretty awesome story, too. So, uh, Carrie Doherty and Michael O'Rourke, thank you so much for joining us. Great. Thank you. Thank you so much for having us. We are thrilled to be here. Oh, I'm delighted that you're here, my friends. And I'm going to start, if you don't mind, with you, Mike. Um, for the guests and the listeners who do not know or have never heard of Malta House, what would, what would you say? Well... Number one, I, I would say that uh, 
it's what we do for our mothers who are uh, single, pregnant, in many cases homeless, in many cases abused. And we offer them a, a true, truly loving, compassionate environment. We have all these different programs that help them get from here to here so that uh, they can become a contributing member to the community and they seek to become a contributing member. So I'll let Carrie explain about the prenatal, the postnatal, the various employment skills that we teach, the idea of getting them to school so they can get their GED or learn English as a second language. But the bottom line is that um, it's all done with a tremendous amount of compassion and care. And I attribute that to Carrie and her staff because they just do awesome work. So Carrie, I'll let you expand if you'd like. Sure. Um, so we were just saying before we, we got started that, um, you know, for the past six years, every, every day, two questions, what would Jesus do? And what would Michael do? <laughs> Those are my two questions. Um, just always wanting to remain faithful to the organization that he started this huge heart, this larger than life personality. Um, he just lights up the room and brings light and love everywhere he goes. So, um, so that's really the, the core and the essence of, of who we are. But, but yeah, we're, we're a home. Um, we always say we are not a shelter. We are a transitional living program and, and really a home, a home for these women who have nowhere to go, who've been turned away by their families, um, who are living in abusive um, situations with a partner and they want to leave, but they don't have any other safe place to go. So we welcome them with open arms. We try to provide every ounce of love and care and wraparound support and services in a wide array, array, a wide array of services um, designed to just enable her to live independently. Um, we offer free childcare, which is really the linchpin to uh, allowing a mom to go to work or go to school. Without that, you know, she's really just um, stuck on, you know, state assistance and really has no hope for, for going to work and, and, and getting that kind of support. So um, we just, we, I always say we, all the things we try to give our own kids that typically we have 18 years before they, they leave the house and, and launch, um, we try to do it in about 18 months with with our families here and just really kind of flood them and embrace them with everything we possibly can think of. And um, it's a special thing. Carrie, yes. you, do, you do a tremendous job. I agree with Mike a thousand percent, really. Malta House, for, for those who are listening, if there's ever the opportunity to visit, um, just to see it with your own eyes, it's just a tremendous testimony to the dedication of the staff, yourself as leader of that staff, and the commitment to these women and their children. It's it's we talk about being pro-life in the church, but this is pro-life in the real, like in the in the in the substance. In action. Okay. Yeah. In action, yeah. Well said. So tell us more about some of those services. Like what else, like what typically would you offer? Um, so we, we offer, um, we have nine core competencies where we want to make sure we are always, you know, no matter what else is going on, we are touching on these nine core areas, um, budgeting and finance. Um, you know, that's the first thing mom, we sit down with her, we, we create a budget, you know, most of our moms receive food stamps. Um, so they do their own food shopping, but we need to make sure she has a budget for that and is, is planning appropriately. 
um, parenting classes. We offer childcare, health and nutrition, um, volunteering. We have a spirituality director um, who meets with our moms one-on-one every week. She's here four days a week. Um, And that's really, you know, many of our moms believe in God, but many of them have not come from any strong faith tradition. So she is there just as a loving presence, as a a channel of God's love, um, and there to just really nurture their own journey um, to find find their faith. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. We offer, what did I miss, Michael? Um, Um, Budgeting, employment. Employment, sorry, employment, yes. Yep. So we we have we connect them with employment coaches. Uh, we used to have one who came uh, a couple times a week. We help with with you know filling out job applications, resumes. Um, you know that's really the first thing that that they focus on after they arrive at Malta House is is securing. And, and you can't forget housing either. And housing, housing support. Yes. Right. Right. The typical. Uh, uh, woman with her child stays how long in Malta House, give or take? Um, so she can stay up to 18 months. Um, sometimes it's a little bit longer even. Um, you know, one of the, the benefits, it's it's a struggle because we don't receive any government funding, but one of the benefits of not mm-hmm. receiving government funding is that we don't have any restrictions whatsoever um, for the length of stay. So um, we have found 18 months is a good length of time that typically mm-hmm. allows a mom to save enough for that first month's rent and security deposit. Um, but if it takes a little longer, then that's fine. You know, we had two moms just graduate um, last month. We had a big month. Um, two graduated and they both stayed about two years. Um, I think the average length of stay is about eight, eight to 10 months at this point, um, right. but typically up to 18. And, and Carrie, do the women come from like the close by Malta houses located in Norwalk? Correct. Are they coming from Norwalk? or like a larger region? They come from all over. So that's another thing um, that because we don't receive state support, we're not restricted to just Norwalk or even just Connecticut. We had, I always tell the story of um, a mother who took a Greyhound bus from Utah to come to Malta House. Three days. You're kidding. Three days, I kid you not. Um, Her grandmother, she thought her grandmother was dropping her off at the airport for a flight here, and instead she got dropped off at the bus station. So... Um, yeah, she, she took three days on a bus and then I, I think, uh, arrived at Grand Central and then the train, she was seven months pregnant at the height of COVID, um, arrived with a black garbage bag with her belongings and, uh, made her way here. So wow. they do come from all over, all over the country. Now, uh, yeah, Bishop Frank, I was just going to mention that. I don't know if you recall Carrie, but I remember one of our gala events, we had come up and give a talk. And I found uh, a key part of what our typical woman is going through. She says, I work two part-time jobs, one at a regional mental health board and another as, as, as the chair of an advisory board that works to end youth homelessness. I am in school part-time at Housatana Community College, getting my associate's degree in liberal arts and sciences so that I can trans- transfer to a four-year college and continue my education. I recently got my learner's permit and be learning to drive and by December, I will have moved out of Malthouse and into a home for just Willow and me. So when I think about my entry, my shoulders were so heavy from carrying the weight of the past year, the trauma, the broken dreams, and the hopes that I felt impossible to achieve. And I was homeless, unemployed, and though I wanted to be in school, I thought it was impossible. 
Now, because of Volta House, all my dreams are coming back together again. So that's kind of more or less typical of the situation that when they first arrive, it doesn't seem uh, hopeful at all. But through the love and the care and the compassion of Carrie and her staff, things come together because they know that you care. And because they know that you care, there's no reason they shouldn't care about themselves either. Well said. I'm glad you found that story, Michael. (laughs) You know what it is? It's part of the miracle of Malta House is exactly that, Mike, is for these women to rediscover how much God cares for them through the people who are caring for them and how much they are lovable and worth all the effort. Because you could easily despair when you're unemployed and you're homeless and you have a child or pregnant, you could easily give up. I think a lot of people do. A lot of women do. Right. And Malta House gives the opportunity to say, no, you're not going to give up. We're not giving up on you. So you're not giving up on you either. Right. 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 I'm curious, Carrie, what about education? You had mentioned this education. How many of the women act? Do all the women go to school for something or other? Um, or? So so one of the first things uh, we do after she arrives, we have our, our case manager will sit down and figure out, you know, ask her what her um, highest level of education is. If she has mm-hmm. not completed her high school education, then we mm-hmm. work with her to, to get her GED. Um, if she has her GED or her high school um, degree, then oftentimes she will explore a community college. Um, it's not required that she continue her education and, and improve mm-hmm. her education. Um, it's strongly encouraged. Again, you know, mm-hmm. our, we want our moms to make these choices. We don't want to be the, the experts in their lives and tell them what they need to do. But oftentimes um, they do continue on. We have a number of moms right now actually enrolled at Norwalk Community College through a multi-house scholarship. And they are um, working towards their CNA, their Certified Nursing um, Assistant um, Certificate. Mm. So just to see, and oh my gosh, talk about a wonderful story. We have a mom who arrived, I think she was seven months pregnant. She said, (laughs) you know, she literally had no hope. She had no hope. She was smoking marijuana every day, had no goals or aspirations for the, the next day found out she was pregnant, you know, didn't know where to turn. Um, somehow she, her, one of her friends or colleagues or not colleagues, cause she wasn't working, but when somebody let her know, Oh, it was a social worker at, at Norwalk hospital said, I have just the place for you. You need to find your way to Malta house. So called us. We had a bed available. She joined us. Um, it was a little slow at first, you know, for her to just really, understand and absorb the love that was surrounding her and all the the support. Um, She is one, she is at Norwalk Community College working towards her CNA. She comes home and she, she lights up the room. Michael, you've got to meet her. (laughs) She lights up the room. She is so proud, so excited. You know, I see her in the kitchen. She says, Miss Carrie, I am working on my clinicals. You can tell even just saying the word clinicals is so far from where she had been just a few short months ago. Um, she has hope for the, you know, her future. She said, my mom, tell, she's reunited with her mom. She's restored that relationship. She said, my mom tells me every day, you better not mess this up. <laughs> this, was, <laughs> this was the thing that, that turned your life around. You better not mess this up. 
and and keep just taking the next right step. So right. She is so filled with hope and promise. I mean, she's mm-hmm. just doing great. And Bishop, you would uh, you'd be happy to know that my brother John said the same thing to me after we played a three on three basketball tournament, and he found <laughs> out that I was among with Hope Carter and uh, Chris Bell and Father DeVore, Monsignor Shy, you know, one of the founders. He says. He says, hey, Oki, he says, this is the only decent thing you've done your entire life. Don't, don't give it up. <laughs> no, that's not true. An exaggeration, but not true. Hardly. So, so for, for the individuals who have never been to Malta House, so how many women can actually be served at any, what's the maximum capacity of Malta House? So we have 15 beds, which is um, a 50% increase from where we were at our previous mm-hmm. building. Um, so 15 beds and actually three of those, what distinguishes us from what we were able to do in our last building, three of those are what we call family suites. So if a mother comes and she's pregnant and also has a, an older child, a toddler, we are able to welcome her. We have, the, the rooms are big enough. The Department of Health determines how many quote unquote heartbeats you can have per room mm-hmm. based on mm-hmm. the size. So, mm-hmm. um, fortunately we have three larger rooms, so up to 18 babies we could have, um, and 15 moms. We've so far in our year here, we had maximum capacity 15 moms and 10 babies at one point, and it was mayhem. <laughs> I was going to say, just the amount of diapers. Uh, good a Lord, lot of have diapers, mercy. the high chairs, strollers everywhere. <laughs> but it was good mayhem. It, it was wonderful. So, now, Mike, I have two questions. You are the financial guru. So, question number one How do you make this financially work? Well, this is. Uh, very, very interesting because at the end of the day, it's all through the grace of God. Now, in the beginning, mm-hmm. we had, uh, uh, like I mentioned, a whole a group of uh, men and women from the Order of Malta, and everyone had connections. Everyone had enthusiasm. Somebody knew somebody that had a foundation. Somebody else knew someone who just sold his company and so forth. And so we were able to, to network quite well. As we progressed, I mean, again, through leadership of a uh, John Altieri, Kim Patron now, uh, Carrie and others, we've been able to drive the importance of the message of the dignity and sanctity of life. And that women that are pregnant and on their own need to have someone help them out. And so what we do is we, we we're constantly, we just had a board meeting Monday night, uh, Bishop Frank, and mm-hmm. it's excellent because uh, we're still thinking about, okay, now who knows who at this foundation that can give us an in? So we can get another another step up, mm-hmm. but um, it's a it's it's constantly a grind, and and sometimes truthfully it, it really seems like a lot of tedium because you never stop doing it. In other words, it's uh you, you know that you can't ever stop and assume that you've made it. You know we got everything we need now we're all set because that's just not true. So I, I just think it's it's a lot of uh, due diligence, a lot of uh, uh, hard work, and uh, and just everyone revolving around the same mission. Okay, the same mission, the same goal. And uh, mm-hmm. I, I would be a liar if I told you we got the money thing figured out for the next five years. That just isn't true. <laughs> you know, so we're we're struggling along with everyone else trying to figure out how do we make things work? How do we make ends meet? But um, again, you know, you say your prayers, you put it in God's hands, you do the best you can, get on the phone, make the call and things work out. Right. Oh, it is definitely a work of faith. And, and the Lord is going to bless it because of all the blessings that come from it. Is, 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 am I allowed to ask you generally in one year, what does it cost to run Malta House in, in total terms? When we first started, it was 250000 Oh, <laughs> if only. 
If only. <laughs> if only. Now it's about 1.3 million due to the services that we're offering, the number of women that we're accommodating, but also we have these ancillary um, commitments to the community. So we, we invite the community to come in and we help them out with diapers and food and milk and so forth. And also our, uh, our uh, next, uh, next level partnership program with our mothers who leave us so we can continue to work with them. So our mission is uh, not just the woman there, but the, the entire uh, enchilada. Right, right. See, so just pause for a moment. Let's just reflect. You have a group of individuals committed to Malta House on the board and donors who have to raise $1.234 million every year. 1.8 actually now. 1.8 yeah. even gets bigger as we talk. <laughs> 1.8 million. I mean, for an appreciate, can you imagine? So to appreciate for our listeners, the level of commitment that we are talking about for the sanctity of life is astonishing. Yes. It really is astonishing. And, and to, to, to your point, Mike, you, you have really been the genesis of this. It's, a humo- it's just a huge testimony to your own faith and to all the founders who started Malta House. And, it's, and I want our listeners to appreciate what is done to make sure that this miracle continues. It's no small feat. And it is God's grace, but it's awful lot of work. It's a lot of work. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> well, I, I will so, tell you this, Bishop, that when, when we first had our opening back in, uh, what was that opening in, back in June when we had different people come, carry Oh, yeah. the ribbon cutting, yeah. Uh, rib- September, the, September 21. Yeah, the, rib- the ribbon cutting. Well, it was funny, but the night before, I was thinking about everything and the, the magnitude of what we had just accomplished. And I wrote this. I said, our woman's lives were open just now. It yet remains to see if Malta House will unveil a new prosperity. So huge, so awesome to conceive this magnificent dwelling place, a brand new home, a worthy sign of God's miraculous grace. So to your point, Bishop Frank, it's about the yep. grace of God. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Tell us the history. Because I, I I like history. Tell us yeah. from the beginning. Well, you, you wake up one one morning and say, "This I want to do," or how did it happen? Angel Gabriel, something <laughs> happened. Tell us. Well, yeah, it, it, this <laughs> happened back in 19, 1992. My wife and I were invited to go to Lourdes as caregivers by her mother, who was a dame of Malta. We went. We took this guy to the baths every day, and finally, the last day, I said to my wife, "We're taking him to the baths. Why don't we go to the baths?" Mind you. We were married in 1975, and we had gone 17 years childless. I'm one of nine children. I wanted a big family. My wife's one of five children, wanted a nice family. So we go to the baths on the last day, and then a month later, we conceived. And Connor was born March 20th, this coming Monday, 30 years ago in 1993. Happy birthday yeah. to him. Yeah, and in fact, he's going to be getting married in June, right? So um, so with that miracle child, I'm in church one day with my wife. A year later, he's one year old. I'm holding him. And a woman came up and started talking about how many women will go to Planned Parenthood, but there's no room at the end because there's no in to find out if they should have and keep the child. And when she said that, I looked at my wife and I said, honey, I said, if we don't help this woman, we're out of our minds after what God did for us. And so we started making phone calls. And next thing you know, Hope Carter had a similar experience with another one of her uh, uh, friends that got pregnant, whatever. 
And before you know it, we, we started going and asking about convents. And Father Jerry DeVore turned me on to Monsignor Scheid, who had an empty convent at St. Thomas. And then one thing led to the other. And all of a sudden, he, he told me about Chris Bell uh, over at Good Council, who could run it. Uh, well, let's get him involved. And before you know it, it steamrolled. And we kept having meetings every Wednesday and showing people, telling the story, and just trying to find out who cared. And it turns out that a lot of people cared. So what year did it actually open, Malta House? We started the effort in 1995. We opened in 1998. That was our- 1998. And this year is our 25th anniversary. Exactly. I was just doing the math real fast. It's not my strong suit. Right. Right. <laughs> right. 25 years. Wow. So if you look over what Grace, has, what Grace did in 25 years, it really is remarkable. Yeah. It's remarkable. So, so I wonder if that woman who spoke to you understood that she was kind of like the angel Gabriel. Yes, yes. That she was the messenger that brought the the idea to fruition. Yeah, right. Yeah, I, no, you're exactly right. And uh, yeah, yeah, really, really quite. So, in, in total, how many women have been served by Malta House all these years? It must be hundreds. Yes, no? I, I was just going to our website. I think it's. Um, uh, I, in total, with mothers and their children, I think it's about wow. almost 800 at this point. Wow. Yeah. Could you imagine? Wow. Wow. Do you ever have a reunion of people from past years come back? And- we do. Um, actually, Michael is is part of um, our, our annual... Uh, breakfast with Santa. He was Santa Claus this year. Was, you were Santa? He was a wonderful Santa. <laughs> a little buxom. <laughs> the pillow was miscellaneous. <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> but, um, yes, we have, we, have, we have celebrations. We try to do them every month, actually, to just invite mm-hmm. the past graduates um, mm-hmm. back to Malta House for just for fellowship and um, they, you know, they really form such close bonds with each other. They've all been through this. They know what it's like to to walk this journey. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, we have big sister mentors that that come back. Um, we have a chat and chew. Um, two two of our former graduates have they came up with the idea and they are facilitating this little monthly group with our current moms and just sort of telling them about life and and. You know, I know doing chores and having to come by back by curfew, you might hate it now, but trust me, it's it's going to work in your favor. So just keep following those rules <laughs> and wow. um, yeah, I'm wow. really kind of mentoring them. Wow. Wow. What, what an amazing thing. So uh, this is Let Me Be Frank on the Veritas Catholic Network. Uh, His Excellency is speaking with Carrie Doherty, Executive Director of Malta House, and Michael Rourke, the founder of of Malta House. This is a a home for new and expectant mothers, such an important place. And we're gonna continue the conversation right when we come back. If you're concerned about your end of life plans, searching for a Catholic cemetery, or have loved ones who are buried in one of the 14 Catholic cemeteries throughout Fairfield County, now might be a good time to begin planning for yourself or for other family members. Call one of our family advisors at 203-742-1450 and select option 5 to leave a message or visit www.ctcemeteries.org. Many people don't realize that 
they can be buried with their deceased loved ones, even if all of the family's in-ground plots have been taken. The Diocese of Bridgeport Catholic Cemeteries provides in-ground burials, as well as columbarium and mausoleum options. This makes it possible to unite your family together in the same cemetery, and it's an opportunity to build a bridge for your family back to the church. Talking about this issue is not easy, but pre-need planning makes your wishes clear, reduces cost, and helps your family avoid difficult decisions at a time of grief and loss. You can start your planning now by contacting one of our family advisors at 203-742-1450 and select option 5 or visit www.ctcemeteries.org. We can guide you through the options, regulations, and considerations to help you make the best decisions for your family. The number is 203-742-1450 and select option 5 or visit www.ctcemeteries.org. Okay, welcome back to Let Me Be Frank on the Veritas Catholic Network. Uh, His Excellency is here with Carrie Doherty, Executive Director of Malta House, and Michael Rourke, the uh, founder of Malta House. So, so Carrie, tell me, what's the typical daily routine of the house? So our moms wake up around, the, up, up by eight and down making breakfast. Uh, again, back to the theme of it's really a home environment. We don't prepare food and serve it, you know, the way a shelter would. So they come down. We have one mom making eggs, another mom making bacon. It always smells delicious when you walk in in the morning. Um, they get ready for their day. Um, nine o'clock, I believe it is. Uh, we have morning motivation. So our case manager or somebody from our program team will gather all the moms together, do a quick um, a little morning motivation. Maybe it's a topic of um, topic of the day that one of the moms might bring up, bring up that she would like to discuss or improve. Mm-hmm. Um, it's sometimes you know spiritual in nature, a poem, mm-hmm. a prayer. And then on their day, they, they go to work, they go to school. Mm-hmm. If they are in between, you know, sometimes they come when they're, it's late in their pregnancy, so it's not feasible for them to be working full time. Sometimes they're on maternity, you know, various reasons why a mom would stay in the house during the day. Um, mm-hmm. So if she's in our home, then we have classes throughout the day. Um, so that's where we'll have the budgeting and finance, the nutrition. Oh, okay. um, Got it. We, mm-hmm. you know, have exercise classes. We have gardening classes in the summer, um, various things, you know, programs. We, we don't want our moms just kind of hanging out. Um, and if there's a gap, then we also, um, she will be volunteering. And oftentimes she's sitting in the nursery, helping our nursery staff with the babies, or she's helping with our outreach, sorting the donations that come in, getting things ready. We have a, a very, very robust outreach program. Every Saturday, we distribute diapers and wipes and formula, clothing, mm-hmm. et cetera, to mm-hmm. um, low-income families in the community. Mm-hmm. So she might be volunteering with that. Um, so it, it's always, it's busy. There's always something going on. Mm-hmm. Um, it's wonderful, I, you know, for our offices to be in the same building as, as the moms and babies. I mean, the toddlers are in and out of our offices. Mm-hmm. It's just such a wonderful um you know, to be so close to the mission. A lot of nonprofits, their administrative 
offices are offsite and then the program is mm-hmm. somewhere else and you really, it's, mm-hmm. you know, essentially mm-hmm. just a business at that point. Well, let me ask you, so if the mom goes to school or to work, yep. who takes care of the toddler or the child? So, do you have people who come in? Yes. So, so we have an on-site nursery uh, mm-hmm. that is just beautiful. Um, part of it is sort of for the toddlers and then the other half is for the younger babies, the infants. Um, and we have nursery staff who are there between 7 a.m. and 6 p.m. every day. Um, we also use uh, volunteers. It's a, a really popular volunteer opportunity, and we need our volunteers. Um, oh, yeah. You know, it, it sometimes course. is very, very busy up there. But the days, mm-hmm. the schedules fluctuate. So, you know, just trying to be frugal and um, smart with our, our you know, mm-hmm. limited resources. We don't want to have four nursery staff that we are you know, paying every day when really we only have four babies one day. So mm-hmm. um, we try to balance it out with between staff and mm-hmm. volunteers. So Mike, a few years ago, Malta House expanded into its new site, which is right behind All Saints Elementary School in Norwalk, right? right? So f- paint us in words, what does the facility look like? Okay. When you walk in, what do you see? Where's the kitchen? All that... And, and then, Carrie, I'm going to come back to you because you say they, they share a kitchen, yeah. which could be very interesting, right? Yes. Depending on how many people want to cook all at once. We're going to get back to that. Okay. But So what does the facility look like? So um, just to take a further step back um, in terms of why we wanted to move from the, uh, the convent at St. Thomas to a new facility, we had a board member back in 2016 who was concerned about the relevancy of Malta House and its mission in this new world where it just seemed to be a, a totally secular culture. And so he actually asked the Harvard business community to do a study to find out, uh, was there a need for a home in Fairfield County to satisfy uh, the various problems of, of uh, a pregnant single woman, et cetera. And what, what they found out, which is amazing to us, is that they said, you're your job right now is that you're not big enough. There, there's a there's a phenomenal need for your services that you're not fulfilling. And that's what made us seek out a larger building. And again, you were so kind. We looked at St. John Fisher. We looked at places in Bridgeport. We looked at places in Stanford. And it was a real uh, Herculean effort to figure out how do we now subscribe to this and manage this need for a bigger, a bigger home. Mm-hmm. And so luckily, it turns out that the uh, you know, the uh, the school and the uh, the All Saints and the convent behind it came into being because another Catholic effort that was using that decided they wanted to go to another place. And so all of a sudden it opened up out of, uh, again, uh, sheer uh, beneficence of uh, God's mercy. But what happened is uh, John Altieri got this engineering firm that his father used to work for, and they did a phenomenal job with Carrie and Kim to figure out what's this place going to look like. And so to be honest with you, when you walk in, the first thing you see is that chapel and you see the cross mm-hmm. in the chapel. And as you walk in and you see that and you walk into the chapel, thanks to Hope Carter, who got all these wonderful stained, stained glass things from this church and that church. Um, it just it, it, it invites you to get down on your knees and pray. So all of a sudden, you know that this is a place of solitude. And Carrie, I would ask you that if you, how many women that you know that you've seen that are going through difficult periods, and they may not even be Catholic, but they want to go into the chapel because they it gives to- them solitude, it gives them prayer. So that's the first thing. And then if you hang a left, you go into the big community room where we have our board meetings, and we're also 
the gals can come in and talk and mingle and get together. But as you look outside from that community uh, room, right, you see a beautiful garden that, again, uh, Carrie put together with the statue of St. Francis of Assisi. And you have uh, the hummingbirds coming around and the, Butterfly uh, garden. the big yeah. wheels for the children and the, 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 the swings and so forth. And so um, this is the first thing that you see that makes you feel like you're at home. If you go back to the hallway and go straight and hang a left, that's where the kitchen is, the dining room is. And again, it's very, very welcoming, beautiful pictures on the walls. It just feels like home. Go further down, you got the offices of the various uh, uh, program managers, directors, case managers, and so forth on the right. And then it ends with a stroller room where you have all these strollers <laughs> in a stroller room. It's hysterical. It's like their version of the garage. Yeah, exactly really. right. It's, it's like a stroller garage, right? Yeah, the and strollers are parked. <laughs> And then, uh, and then there's a nice pantry on the left that's always full of canned goods and so forth for the women that come in on Saturday that need to have nourishment for their for their families and the community. And upstairs, you walk up, there's a quiet room, and then right, right next to it has the computer room where they can work on their resume. They can work on mm -hmm. assignments, online learning, whatever it might be. And then you have the various uh, rooms for the, uh, the woman to sleep in. And then you have a middle room up there, which is another kind of a mini community room where you have a TV and there's... Uh, laundry where they can do their laundry and they can uh, get a glass of water or uh, ice water, what have you. And then further down, you have the the family rooms where you can fit two or three children. And then you have the nursery behind that. So the upstairs and the downstairs, it's just it's just remarkable. It's just, it really is mm -hmm. quite special. And it seems that it mimics what a normal home would be. The residences exactly. and bedrooms are upstairs and your common areas and all the rest. Now, I have to tell you, when I came for the dedication, the place is nicer than any Marriott hotel <laughs> I have ever been in in my whole life. It was just, it's an amazing, it's just beautiful. Yeah. It's the only word I can think of is beautiful. And the kitchen in particular impressed me. <laughs> Right. 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 So now, how do you how do you keep traffic control in the kitchen? <laughs> well, the babies they manage it. They direct traffic. <laughs> um, it's you know somehow it just works out. I mean, it is very very spacious. Um, that being mm. said, there is only one oven. You know, one range. Mm -hmm. um, but the moms all there's a whole refrigerator room where two moms will share a refrigerator. So it's a full size, just like, you know, you probably have in your home. Um, so plenty of room between just the two families, two moms that will mm -hmm. share it. Um, and then again, in keeping with the theme of really wanting it to feel like home and really foster that sense of independence, they have, each mom has their own cabinet. So when they go shopping, they can put all of their groceries away mm -hmm. and, you know, their dry goods away in their own cabinet with their own set of dishes. Um, so it's, it just works out. It really does. They, you know, they, we encourage them and, and, you know, oftentimes I can't tell you how many times I've heard this in six years where a mom will say to me, do you know, this is the first place I had a friend. First time in my life I had wow. a friend. Wow. So wow. 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 Yeah. Goodwill. It's goodwill it, and good spirit. Yeah. Right? It could work out any sort of logistical issue. I, I have to, I have to tell you, I, um, I, when I, when I came and, you know, there were a few of the mothers, um, you could tell this tremendous gratitude mm -hmm. for what they have. Yeah. 
And even the times I visited, even afterwards, it's just, even in uh, in the old place, right, yeah. St. Thomas, the, the, you know, people said, well, you know, people are entitled. Well, I guess people are entitled in the modern world, unfortunately, but these women are not. These women are really very grateful for everything they have. Yeah. Is that a fair statement? It is. It is. You know, they, they I think... I'm not going to lie. Sometimes they, they, you know, aren't always acting as if they are grateful for it, but for the most part, even, even if they're lashing out, even if they're, um, we understand where it's coming from. We understand. So they are, they are so grateful. They know that this is the only, um, organization in the entire state, just like this. There are some that are a little bit similar. Um, but for the most part, we are really the only, um, organization mm-hmm. where they can really come for this long-term support mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, in this beautiful environment. You know, it's everything mm-hmm. we did. We did it, you know, in a lens in in social service spheres. We talk about trauma-informed. Um, so it's trauma-informed design. We have, you know, multiple options of places for their mom to hang out. They're not all crammed in one place. It's, it's all with colors and art and things that are just uplifting mm-hmm. and beautiful and peaceful. And, mm-hmm. um, and, you know, they have a private bedroom, so it's not communal living in that regard where it's dorm style, you know, bunk beds all lined up in a row. They have their own bedroom with, you know, her and her baby. And, um, you know, it's really, it is, you know, if people, if listeners can just picture a family or a, a home that's in an old convent. <laughs> um, well, it doesn't look like it doesn't look convent. like an old convent, right? Mm-hmm. Um, on the outside, it does. It's pretty original. I mean, mm-hmm. we did a lot with the landscaping, but um, but once you get inside, and you know, Michael was describing the chapel as soon as you walk in, and mm-hmm. one of my favorite quotes was: "We were giving a tour, and a woman came in, and she wasn't even Catholic, and she just stood there, and she closed her eyes, and she said, I feel like I'm getting a hug from God right here.'" So wow. I think everybody responds to it in that way. And it doesn't matter their faith right. background or lack mm-hmm. of faith. It, it's just, mm-hmm. it, that's really what, mm-hmm. what speaks volumes. Mm-hmm. Bishop Frank, just to um, mm-hmm. co- uh, comment on your earlier uh, remark about gratitude. Um, <clears throat> one of the things that uh, from time to time when I go there and I, I happen to meet a woman who just got in, I said, how's it going? How are you doing? And we'll start chatting away. And I'll look at them and I'll say, just remember, a grateful heart is a joyful heart and a joyful heart is a grateful heart. So if you want to be joyful, be grateful and they'll smile. They will shine because they'll realize, you know, something I have a lot to be grateful for because I was homeless before. And now I have people who care about me. I have people who care. Right. Right. So let's let's talk about post Malta House. So a woman is there for maybe 18 months mm-hmm. or 10 months or even maybe up to two years. Yeah. How in the, in the lived experience, how, how challenging is it? How difficult do they find the transition to literally being on their own again? Yeah, that's such a great question because um, I remember when I first started here, it, it was surprising to me. There was a mom who had been here for about two years and she was well equipped and had, a, you know, more money in her bank account probably than I did. Um, but she, it was, it was hard and we, and we didn't understand what the challenge was for her to, to take that next step. And, you know, she was getting all kinds of, um, opportunities for, for apartments. And then we realized that it, she was scared, um, as much as they can't wait to move. It's the goal that they have in mind. As soon as they come, they're saving for it. And they, but it's, this is a, a village and there's so much support. Their babies are loved and cared for. 
Um, so it's scary. It's, it's really scary. So I, sure. I think, you know, we're all aware of that. We understand it. We can name it, you know, we identify what it is. And I think that it's always helpful for a mom Carrie, to know. Could you yes. also elaborate on how we measure uh, the women as they go through with our your tier ones and tier twos and how we get them prepared to let them know when it will be time for them to move out. So this way we put the thought or the seed in their mind, but also the, the danger of some women not measuring up at all, which does happen where yeah. for whatever reason, they haven't quite bought into the system and mm-hmm. therefore there's not a good fit. Right. Yeah. So we do, we have that um, a tier system. So there are four tiers beginning with orientation and then tier one, two, and three. And, um, you know, as the name suggests, when mom first arrives, she's in orientation phase. And that's really us sitting down, understanding what her, you know, her background is, her highest education, her career goals, all of those things. Um, And as she progresses through the tiers, um, how she progresses is um, she has increased her savings from X amount to Y amount. Um, she has, you know, maintained steady employment. She is keeping up with, you know, daily chores and coming home by curfew and so forth. Um, as she progresses, we have a later curfew and maybe not as many chores or, you know, things. So there's incentive for her to, to move through the program. Um, and then when she's, you know, towards the end, she, she knows that really it's just a matter of finding that apartment, finding that right fit. You know, it is insanely expensive, as everybody knows. Inflation mm. has contributed and, and housing prices are through the roof. Um, and not all landlords want to take a risk on somebody who has, you know, poor credit score, which is something one of the first things in our budgeting and finance class. We do work on that. You know, what is her credit score? How can she improve that? It's something we watch very closely. But sometimes it just takes a while for her to get that opportunity. But even when she gets it, it can be scary. But um, Michael um, mentioned earlier that we do have this, you know, po- uh, postgraduate program, I guess, for lack of a better word, um, partnering success is what we call it. But we do want to remain as closely connected with our moms after they leave as possible. You know, one of the ways we do that is having these fun gatherings, but we will make daily, you know, weekly, daily phone calls when she first moves out just to ensure that she is maintaining her stability, that she knows we are always here, um, you know, as a resource, we offer a small housing subsidy for the first year. We continue the childcare. We haven't even talked about our babies yet, <laughs> um, but we continue the childcare for up to six months after she moves out, which really, you know, to have that stability for the baby who was born in our nursery, has all their best friends in the nursery, both with the caregivers and the other babies, you know, to not have to disrupt all of that all at once where she moves out and now the baby has to go to a new place. You know, that's just another way that we can really right. maintain that that stability. Right, right. You know what I've, I've always, when I've reflected on Malta House, um, I've, for all the reasons you mentioned, I, I've always um, considered it to be an essential ministry of the diocese, right? In our diocesan church, without a doubt. There's just no question in my mind. What I did not realize then, as I'm beginning to realize now, it's also a model of the one that I'm speaking about now in my conversations about the new visioning, the new culture we need to nurture in the church. Because essential to that, if we talk about encountering Christ and accompaniment, Mm -hmm. the accompaniment is all in small communities. Small communities are what really transform, right? So in a sense, that's exactly what you have at Malta House. You have a small 
community, right? That accompanies the women who are there. And I'm delighted to hear that there's still a connection afterwards because that makes all the difference to, to be able to give her the opportunity to create another network yes. of support, another small community that keeps walking with her. Yeah. Please God the rest of her life, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Now, Carrie, I hear some bad news. What is this bad news you want to tell me? <laughs> it <laughs> is. It's I mean, it's very, very bittersweet. Um, I, my two daughters, one is just about to graduate from college out West and another one moved out West. Um, so an opportunity came up for another Catholic organization, um, but an hour away from each of my daughters. And, Uh. you know, it's, I, it was a lot of, a lot of discernment and just trying Mm -hmm. to hear where God was calling me next. And Mm -hmm. I think when I, when I heard about the opportunity and then when I realized it was so close to my, my girls who are in this really tender time in their lives, they're young adults, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. really just sort of finding their way as, as, you know, real people <laughs> in the world. And, um, <laughs> and I just, I think it will just be a wonderful thing to, to be closer to them. We've missed them terribly. And of course, in my mind, I'm fast forwarding. They both have, you know, fairly serious boyfriends who are from there. And I'm thinking, okay, at some point, those in-laws are going to have access to my grandbabies that I'm not going to have access to. Oh, no, no, so, no, no. I, I would add a doubt. I, mean, I, mean, I, was, I was joking. I was joking. I mean, <laughs> it's, I it's bad news for the, for those of us who are left behind, no, but it is excellent news for you yeah, and your family. Without I know. A doubt. But, it, but even, I mean, it's, it's, it's excellent news for, for me and my family, but it's also, it's going to be so hard. I've I've, I'm just sort of having this out of body experience because every time I think about it, I get very emotional. It's this is a yeah. really near and dear to my heart. Always will be. I hope someday there will be a multi house west. Oh, I was just going to say yeah. that. Isn't that funny? Great minds think alike. Isn't that yeah. you could you could be the seed for something on the other side of the on of the, the other country. side of the country? Absolutely. Yeah, without so. a doubt. So, Mike, how does the how, how do we get someone? Um, to be even partially comparable to what Carrie has been able to do in such tremendous ways. How do we get a successor? What are you doing? Desperate prayer. <laughs> <laughs> when in doubt, pray. I love it. <laughs> actually, actually um, uh, I have a sister-in-law, Laura Obershon, who's outstanding and always curious and always using her own network to make things happen. As you know, uh, uh, Kim, who's our outstanding chair, chairwoman, uh, mm-hmm. There's no moss growing underneath her feet, and so uh, uh, we. I think we hired the same agency that Mike Donahue used to put, place somebody within the, the diocese as well. Mm-hmm. And so we're uh, we're like you know little uh, fishes with their little fins battling underneath the water to make sure that we can find someone really really capable. The, the, the great thing about it is that as we've changed over these past 25 years, we always go through this period where. Oh my God, what are we going to do without Linda Gabriel? Oh my God, what are we going to do without Shakita? What are we going to do if all, when these? And what happens is God, God always finds a way. In other words, you, you say your prayers, and before you know it, He finds a way to help you fill the role. And so I'm, I'm very oh, confident. I'm very confident. Without doubt. Yeah. Without doubt. No, no, without a doubt. If anyone is who listens to this podcast, having heard what we talked about, has something spark in his or her heart to say. This is ministry I would love to do, and, and I think I'm qualified. Is it too late to, to have your name come into the mix? No, not at all. No, they can they can uh, certainly, all they have to do is go to our website and uh, file away and or either call me or call Carrie before she goes. 
And yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll talk to them. What is the website? Could you give us the address, Carrie? Absolutely. It's multihouse.org. And the position is posted under, I think it's the first tab You know, on the menu bar. It's about us. Mm-hmm. And the very last one mm-hmm. is employment. So there's mm-hmm. a, a job description, contact information, um, all of the all of the nuts and bolts. All the rest. Yeah. Well, uh, I'll have an opportunity outside of this forum to thank you. But I do want to publicly thank you for just yeah. extraordinary leadership. Well, Thank you. And giving birth to Malta House too. Well, thank you. It has been such an honor and such an unbelievable privilege to be part of this community. I've never in my life, nor probably will I ever, um, work with such hardworking, dedicated, faithful, mm-hmm. wonderful, warm, I could go on and on, a group mm-hmm. of people. Mm-hmm. And Michael's mm-hmm. the heart and soul. So, Without a doubt, Mike, tell us about the gala. Sure. Um, we have, by the way, just so you'll know, every time I would talk to Carrie on the phone ahead of a meeting, I would always tell her to make sure she bought her back brace because she was going to get a big hug when I saw her. <laughs> and so we, we always had this great, great big hug. Anyway, uh, the gala is going to be May the 12th. It's on a Friday night, Mother's Day weekend, and it's our 25th anniversary. And it's going to be a terrific affair. And actually, we're honoring uh, Kim Patrone, uh, who's just outstanding. The work that she's done, so diligent, so uh, uh, such a big believer in, in governance and in, in leading the right way and so organized. And so I'm very, very thankful that she's done everything that she's done and that we're finally giving her her just reward. So it's going to be a great Where? It's going to be at the uh, Woodway Country Club. In Darien. In Darien, mm-hmm. 6 o'clock to about 9 o'clock. And it's, it, it'll be just tremendous fun. So anyone that wants to come, please yeah. do. So how? I want to buy. I want to buy a hundred tickets. Where do I go to buy these tickets? Tell hundred tickets are yours. Go. I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> the business a, appeal is doing fantastic. Put me down for a thousand. Can you get them on the website? Yes. yes. How does, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Right. So. Well, Malthouse.org and the homepage. There's a link right there. So. Okay. Yeah. Great. Thank you. Excellent. Excellent. Well, it's going to be a smashing success. It, it always is. It's always such mm-hmm. a warm and wonderful occasion. Um, we'll have mm-hmm. a, a mother give a testimonial. We'll have a video. And mm-hmm. it's always just a beautiful mm-hmm. event. Mm-hmm. Bishop, would you mind if I just uh, ended with a prayer here? Because we... Without a doubt, because we're coming to... I got the signal from Steve. <laughs> we had only two minutes. Okay. So the last two minutes are yours, my friend. Yeah, just a, it's just a, a prayer for pregnant mothers. So... Uh, O blessed mother, you receive the good news of the incarnation of Christ, your son, with faith and trust. Grant your protection to all pregnant mothers facing difficulties. Guide us as we strive to make our parish communities places of welcome and assistance for the mothers in need. Help us become instruments of God's love and compassion. Mary, mother of the church, graciously help us build a culture of life and a civilization of love together with all people of goodwill, to the praise and glory of God, the creator and lover of life. Amen. 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 Well said. Well said. But we're going to come back with you after the break too. So you two don't go away and listeners don't go away. Uh, This is Let Me Be Frank on the Veritas Catholic Network. Be right back. Hey. It's Matt from Restless on the Veritas Catholic Radio Network. Each week on Restless, we young adults restlessly seek the face of Christ in today's crazy and mixed up world. Join us each Friday at noon on 1350 AM, 103.9 FM, the Veritas app, or wherever you get your shows. Hope to see you there.
All right, welcome back to Let Me Be Frank with Bishop Frank Caggiano. All right, Excellency, here is this week's listener question. Mm-hmm. It says, what is a plenary indulgence mm-hmm. and how can one take advantage of participating in one? Mm-hmm. Okay, so a plenary indulgence is the remission of the punishment, right? The temporal punishment that is due to the sins, even when they're forgiven. So if you consider it's the collateral damage that your sin committed, right? So a plenary indulgence, a person can get remission of that punishment, right? If they're in the state of grace, if they ask once a day, they have an interior detachment from sin, they have sacramentally confessed their sins, received holy communion, and pray for the intentions of the Pope. So it's not like a slam dunk, I want to put plenary indulgence. You have to work at it because your sins created real damage, and they, and they demand in some way some restitution. But it's a way to, to mitigate what ordinarily you will inherit or I will inherit because of our sinfulness. So it is a yes. spiritual grace. Mm-hmm. And there are opportunities during Lent Absolutely. for folks. Yes, so. there are. And the, and the Pope grants particular ones at times in the church's life or particular occasions. Yes, but in Lent there are as well. Yeah. And if you do, you could always go to the, uh, to the um, USCCB website. And there is more information about plenary indulgences when they're granted the conditions and stuff. So yeah. I would encourage people to do that. Mm-hmm. Great. And so if you have a question for Bishop Frank, send it in to us on social media, or you can email questions at veritascatholic.com. Bishop Frank Caggiano is on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. So is Veritas Catholic Network. And we'd like to thank Foundations in Faith. A grant from the St. Therese Fund for Evangelization makes it possible for us to bring Let Me Be Frank to you. Foundations in Faith is committed to supporting and transforming pastoral ministries in the Diocese of Bridgeport, and you can learn more about their outstanding work at foundationsinfaith.org. And Carrie Doherty, Michael O'Rourke, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Great, great. Thank you. Thank you so much for having us. This has been wonderful. And Bishop Frank, thank you. Thank you to both of you. Oh my gosh, thank you to both of you. you. You are just tremendous inspirations to me and to so many of the people of our diocese. Mike. Yes keep doing the great work that you do in so many ways. And Carrie, you're going to start a new adventure and I will keep you in my prayers. Thank you. May God bless you and your family abundantly for everything you have done and will continue to do. Thank you so Mm -hmm. much. And everybody out there should go to maltahouse.org to uh, learn more about the executive director position and also to get tickets for the May 12th Gala. Hundreds of tickets. (laughs) Yes. Excellency, before we go, would you please give us your blessing? Of course. In the name of the Father, of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Let us pray together. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. And may Almighty God bless you, the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you, my friends. Thank you. God bless. Thank you.